Thank you, Pastor. And good morning. Ich will euch alle recht herzlich begrüßen im wunderbaren Namen Jesus Christus. Good morning. I want to greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. That's how we start our services. Either if somebody's coming up and leading the singing, he'll um, start it out with that or giving a testimony or preaching. And we do have a wonderful name. Jesus Christ oh, is great. And he has so many things for us. And I'm so thankful for your inviting us and being able to be a part of your service this morning. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for um, also praying for us. And um, if you don't know, my wife isn't here because she's in Romania with our youngest. But I did bring the four other children with me. And um, they asked me if they didn't have to stand up. So I won't make them. I won't force them <laughs> to stand up. But the two oldest one, Michelle and Lily, are up, up here with us. They wanted to be adults tonight, uh, this morning. And the younger two, um, Chloe and um, Jimmy, are downstairs with the kids. And um, we're making it okay, I guess. Joanna left on, um, on Tuesday, and so it hasn't been a full week, so I, I guess we're making it. And um, we already had, for this Sunday, clothes picked out, so that was okay. <laughs> What we're going to do next week, I don't know. <laughs> But it doesn't matter. We're going to be at uh, Ansbach Baptist, so y'all won't have to see if, <laughs> if we're not um, color-coordinated. But we did take pictures and send it. At least Jimmy and I uh, took pictures and sent them to Joanna to make sure our ties matched and everything. And we had to switch a few times, but we got it. We got it. The girls, they were fine. They, they got it right away. And, um, but th thank you for continued praying for us. And um, with the Gypsies ministry up in um, Würzburg, we're still online doing everything, either YouTube or um, WhatsApp and Zoom. In Bayreuth, my dad still has the um, facilities there open, and I've been helping him out. Every time the numbers either in Ansbach or Bayreuth go over 200, I let him stay home, and, um, and then I head up to Bayreuth and preach there and also fill in for him on Fridays. So continue to pray for us as we travel back and forth to Bayreuth. And pray that um, the churches that um, among the gypsy people, that um, they'll grow in the Lord during this time. And also this third wave of COVID has really hit our gypsy community. There's a lot of <clears throat> um, people we know that have gotten COVID and have um, went on to be with the Lord. Last week, we were up in near Ramstein, and there was a man that we attended his funeral, and he was one of the men that were ordained as a pastor in the church there in Kirchland, and um, about 47 years old, 
and he pa- got COVID, and within two weeks he passed away. And um, his wa- wife and two kids were left, and his youngest son is, I think, a month younger than my oldest. And he's one of the men that I was involved in training him. My dad and I, we tra- trained him. And, and um, so pray for that church. Pray for them and pray for all the ones that the church in Bamberg, almost the whole church got it. Um, not at church. They got it from outside. And it wasn't all at the same time. But through this last thir- uh, third wave, they've gotten it all. And... Um, the patriarch of um, Bamberg passed away. We called him Papo, um, grandfather, and um, Yayo. And he's the one that went through the concentration camps and uh, um, lost a lot of his families. He was one of two of the gypsies that made it through Buchenwald and Auschwitz and survived it. And... um, Oh, for the lo- longest time, asking God questions, why, why, why? And then in um, 20, 2005, I was able to sit down and interview him. And in his testimony, he said, for a long time, I figured I was asking God why, but now I know. God wanted me first to be able to hear the gospel, and I got saved, and then later on also married a godly woman, and also God wanted a church, a gypsy church, here in in Bamberg, and he allowed me to um, tell my um, son-in-laws to go and um, talk with the the gypsy men in Nuremberg and have them come up and start a church in Bamberg, and... um, so because of his witness, because of his, his dedication, there was a church started in Bamberg. And now that, Bam, that church, we've um, turned it over to his son-in-law. And he's the pastor, the ordained pastor of the church. And, and um, his whole family is involved in the church. And um, that papa and that grandpa passed away last month because of COVID. And so pray for the family. Pray, pray for the gypsy community that they'll continue to look to Jesus and continue to go on. This morning, I want to look at Ephesians chapter 2. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2. And you know, there's some things that with our gypsy community, there's some topics that um, a lot of times they have to study the, the Bible and get redefined. Uh, a lot of times, like um, a lot of them for the longest time didn't realize they were a sinner. They, they didn't realize that um, a lot of the things that they were doing were sin. They thought it was um, just their way of life and um, you did certain things because you were a gypsy. And even uh, with grace, they, they ha- had a misunderstanding. They thought um, grace is um, something for everybody else. We get it automatically. 
and they tell the story. The reason the gypsies have grace from God automatically is because while Jesus was being crucified, one of the gypsy boys ran up and stole one of the nails that the Roman soldiers were going to use. And that's the reason why the Roman soldiers could only nail um, his feet with one nail and couldn't use two nails. And um, so, and because of that, somewhere in the Bible, it might not be in ours, but somewhere in the wor world, there's a Bible that says um, the gypsies have grace because um, th that gypsy boy did that. And we know it's nowhere in the Bible. It's not biblical truth, but a lot of their upbringing is that. And so what, as we are teaching and preaching the gospel, a lot of times we have to slowly take slow steps and, and preach. And a lot of times um, reteach and teach and teach the basic truths of the Bible and, um, and allow then the Holy Spirit to change them. It takes a little while. It takes a while and a lot of times you have to go from each um, subject and go from different directions until um, the light bulb turns on or something, if you allow me to say it that way. And, um, but when it does, when they do change, when the Holy Spirit changes them, then it's a lasting change. And it can continue even when the evangelist, when the, uh, a missionary is away. And that's what we get to see in, in Nuremberg. We um, handed over the church in, um, last um, year to Monty. And so the church in, in Nuremberg, the first church that we were involved starting, it's completely in the hands of the gypsy people. And it's continuing. Even with COVID, they're preaching and go and do it when they have to. They go online and um, have their YouTube channel and and preaching and teaching and Bible school and, and it's continuing. Even though we haven't been there since April of last year, May May of last year, and so um, it continues. When the Holy Spirit works, it's a lasting change. And this morning, let's look at this and this one truth, mercy. In verse 1, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, of the mind, and whereby nature the children of wrath, even as others. And here's our text in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. God, it, who is rich in mercy. God is rich in mercy. He has an abundant, okay? It's like God's, um, it's even better than a stimulus check. <laughs> okay? Even, even if they pass that we're going to uh, get money every month. 
that might be good. It depends on how you look at it. But God's mercy is even better because his mercy and grace is new every morning. We get uh, you. He's so rich in great in mercy that you cannot take drain it all dry. Every morning it's new. And, you know, when we look at mercy and a lot of times mercy and grace, a lot of times, um, especially in the German Bible, a lot of times they'll interchange them. And it, because they're so close, but and and sometimes you can get away with um, doing grace and mercy and using them interchangeable. But when you dive into it, then you'll see that um, grace and mercy are two different things. But we need both of them. We need grace and mercy for our salvation and our sanctification. We, we need both of them. And so this morning, the first thing, let's define this truth of mercy. Uh, Hebrews 4, 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. In 2 John 1, 3, it says, Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father in truth and love. So a lot of times in Bible verses, you'll um, see grace and mercy a lot of times um, together in the same verse, and we need it. And so what is mercy? Well, mercy here is an unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. Okay, that, that's grace. And mercy is compassion and forbearance shown especially to an offender or a subject to one's power. So, grace. I even saw some acronyms of grace. It says God really covers everything. God's redemption at Calvary's exp expressed. God riches at Christ's expense, our mercy, man's eternal righteousness, Christ yielded, mankind exempted and released from condemning yoke, our Messiah erased all reasons condemning you. Different, different acronyms of grace and mercy, and we need both of them. In salvation, Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourself, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Or Titus 3.5, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. But also in sanctification, in after we've gotten saved, let us therefore, as we read in Hebrews, um, uh, uh, come boldly unto the throne of grace. Or also in 2 John 1, 3, grace be with you and mercy and peace. And so we, we need, need grace. We need mercy. What is grace? I found this definition, and I think it's real nice. Um, grace is you re receive something you cannot earn. Grace. And that's what 
we needed when, and that's what all of us need. We realize that when we study the scripture, that all of us have gone astray. All of us have come short of the glory of God. All of us are, um, are away from God, and there's really no way for us to earn salvation. Because it says, for the wages of sin is death. So the only way we can pay for our sins, if we pay for that with death, with this eternal damnation, this separation. That's what death means, a separation. And um, so the only way we can do it is if we, for eternity, die. In other words, for eternity are separated from God. That's the way that that's is um, the only way we can pay. But God gives us grace through Jesus Christ. He came. He lived a perfect life and he died and shed his blood on the cross and he was buried and rose again the third day. And now he has a grace gift. Because God loved us so much, he didn't want us to have to pay for our own sin. And because he made a price tag on sin, that is death, somebody had to die. And it was somebody that um, didn't have to die and pay for his own sin. And that's how Jesus, Jesus was a perfect lamb, uh, unblemished sacrifice, and he never sinned. He was perfectly. And so when he went to the cross to die, to shed his blood, when he experienced separation from God, and that's why he cried on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why, why did God, God leave Jesus? Well, he left Jesus because of you and me. He was paying the price. He was paying that price that God set and said, the wages of sin is death. And so he experienced de death, separation from God for me and you. And then he gives it to us freely. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to work for it. Grace, um, read Romans. You can't mix it. You can't mix grace and works. As soon as you start working, it's no longer grace. And so God, Jesus, they did all the work. They did it all. And they give it. The wages of sin of, is um, death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Grace, we, when we, through faith, faith, realize we're on the wrong way and we repent and put our trust in Him, then we receive grace, forgiveness of sin, something that we cannot earn. Grace, you receive something you cannot earn. And mercy is you do not receive something that you have earned. What have we earned? I mentioned it. Damnation. Separation from uh, God for eternity. And God, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, He gives us mercy. He gives us something we cannot earn. And He takes away, He holds back something that we should earn. Damnation. 
and God gives us mercy. And that's what I want to look. Not only do we have a truth here um, described that mercy is something that God holds back from us that we have earned. But, you know, a more descriptive explanation of mercy is rescuing someone from his or her miserable condition. Okay, it, it, mercy is not only holding back what I deserve, not giving me what I deserve, but it's also rescuing me. I was in the miry pits of my sin. I was away from God on the way to damnation. And God intervened and he rescued me. He rescued me out of that um, pit and he set me on a solid ground. That's what mercy is. He rescued me out of a miserable condition. And, you know, miserable conditions, we're in one right now, okay, with this pandemic, okay? Um, we, the song leader mentioned about singing, okay? Um, for a lot of us, that's a miserable condition if we can't sing. For me, that's not a miserable condition. I love when I don't have to sing. And y'all should love it, too, when you don't have to hear me sing, okay? But uh, so there, there are different miserable conditions. And God always, mercy is, he always rescues us from the greatest miserable condition. Sometimes we can be in multiple miserable conditions, okay? When we look at it, and, and I know it's hard to define this sometimes, but um, when we um, look at in the Bible, um, we see this in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and it says, and there, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. And so when we look at this, we see that we exist of three parts. Okay, body, soul and spirit. And, um, and that's nothing new for us. We know that. But, uh, and we also know that sometimes we can be in miserable conditions in one or two of those and maybe in the other not. Okay? Um, but what is, and I know in the Old Testament, especially in German, sometimes it's hard to um, separate what's really soul, what's really spirit. But if we use um, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 as our foundation, then, then we can um, apply this. Our body, that's easy. That's where I just hung my clothes on, okay? That, that's what you see, okay? And... Um, that, that, that's my body. That's my flesh. That's the part that when I die, they're going to put uh, six feet under. And um, that, that is going to turn back to dust. Okay? My soul, that's um, my character. Okay? A lot of times in, in the Bible, you'll see either your heart talking about your soul or even your thoughts. 
your mind. All those are different um, words and in, in describing this part, your soul, your character. What, what, what the thing that makes you. Okay, when you look at me, the way I am, my character, if I'm um, enthusiastic or whatever kind of characteristic attitudes I have, then that's my soul. That's where I think. That's, what, uh, that's where um, my thought process is and everything. And my spirit, is. that's the part that when Adam sinned, that's the part that died. And death passed from Adam onto man, to the whole mankind. And at what part? His, his body didn't die right away. He still lived almost nine, a little more than 900 years after that. His soul didn't die because he still could talk and think and he, everything else. But his spirit... His spirit, that part that has fellowship with God, that um, part was alive in the garden where he could walk in the coolness of God, uh, of the day with God and have fellowship with God. That part died. And, and that was passed on. And as soon as each, per, each um, person becomes of that age of um, self-responsibility, that's where we really know, okay, that person has a dead spirit. And that's why you can read in the Bible and you, and, and you see um, verses like, ye were dead, like here, in your trespasses. Okay, what part was dead? Not my flesh, not my soul, my spirit. If I die with a dead spirit, then I pay for my own damnation. I'm for eternity separated from God. And so my spirit, that's the spirit, that's the place where I need to realize the only way to um, have that is um, made alive again is when I set, uh, accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. Mm-hmm. And that's when, that's why w- it, the verse where it says, and you became a new creature, all things are bad. <laughs> um, everything is new. What, what part? What part of me got born again? Only my spirit. Okay? Um, Only my spirit, uh, salvation, was born again. And that's why I can still sin in my soul. I can think sin. I can think about sin. I can also in my flesh still do sin because there's still that old man. There's still um, that um, corruptible. They haven't been born again. But, but that explains also 1 John. The, the um, part of me that has been born again, that is of God, cannot sin. So my spirit, when I'm saved, cannot sin. Because what? It's the part that has been born again. 
The other parts, it's going to, and Lord willing, by the rapture, we're going to um, be, be um, called up and, and um, be changed. If not, if we um, pass away, then we'll rise. Those ones that are dead in Christ will rise first and meet the ones that are still alive in the clouds. And that's when our soul and, and body will be changed. And did you notice here in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, I explained it backwards. I started with body, soul, and spirit. And a lot of times that's how we do it. We say body, soul, and spirit. But look again in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Paul, through the um, leading of the Holy Spirit, he says spirit, soul, and body. And we know all scripture of God is given by inspiration and is profitable for what? For doctrine. Okay, so it wasn't just by chance. No, here we have a doctrine. Here we have a truth. And it tells us here that um, we, that God, when he looks at us, he sees your spirit, your soul, and your body. And for God, your most miserable condition is your spirit. Okay? Because all, all um, miserable conditions are not the same. Okay? Like, my father-in-law has a heart attack, had a heart attack, massive heart attack. If, when, when he got into the hospital, they took him right away. Okay? But if um, Pastor Inslee and I go to the hospital right at the same time, and Pastor Inslee has a, um, a broken arm, because he was working somewhere, fell off a ladder or tripped or something, and he broke his arm, and he's yelling. He goes to the hospital, and he's yelling. He's in pain. Okay, he's screaming, ah, my hand, my arm, and everything. And he comes in, and at the same time, I come into the hospital in the uh, emergency section, and I'm not holding my arm, I'm holding my chest. And I'm not yelling because I can't get enough breath. And, uh, I'm, and, and everything. And... Um, the ER doctor comes out and he evaluates the situation. And both of us are in a miserable condition. And the doctor will take me first. Why? Because he thinks I'm having a heart attack. I, I, it's a matter of life and death. And even though pastor is in a miserable condition and might think that he ha is having more pain than I am and he can yell louder than I can, he, um, the, the doctor picks me because of, it's about life and death. And that's why God always looks at your spirit first. That's about life and death. If you die without having a... Uh, a new generated a, a spirit that has been born again, you'll die and go to hell. For eternity, you'll be separated from God. And that's why God always looks at your spirit. 
And that's why he came. That's why he left. He came to seek and to save those which were lost. He, he healed people. He fed the hungry. He did so many things. But that wasn't his main reason. The main reason was to um, be able to die on the cross, shed his blood for, uh, for mankind so we would have a way to get back to God. So he could show us mercy because our most miserable condition is our spirit. And that's how it is before our salvation and also after our salvation. Because we need mercy before we get saved for our salvation and also after our salvation. Not to keep us saved. No, that's all God's doing. But we need mercy for the day-to-day -day living. We need mercy. We need to receive something that God gives us and that we, we don't deserve and we can't earn. He has to hold stuff back from us. He has to pick us even up, even after our salvation. God shows us mercy by saving us from our most miserable condition. And you know, when we look through the Bible, we'll see, we can see so many times that God, because he's God Almighty, he's capable of automatically uh, saving us from all areas. He can. Sometimes during his life, ministry here on earth, he would see a blind man or a lame man and he would say, Thou, the, your sins are forgiven. And he would, that person would be, his spirit would be um, healed, his soul and his physical body. He can. Even in the Old Testament. Remember Naaman? He had leprosy. But also he worshipped false gods. And God, God told him through the prophet, go dunk yourself in the Jordan River, even though it was a nasty river, seven times. And when he dunked himself seven times, the seventh time he came up, he was clean completely. He was cleared of leprosy, but also his spirit was changed. And he realized that the God of Israel was the only God. He, he does that. But, you know, also, sometimes he doesn't heal us in every stage. He doesn't heal us in spirit, soul, and body. Just think, the day you got saved, you know, your spirit was born again. There's some sins he took away right away. Some people give testimonies. Hey, when I got saved, I stopped all those sins. I stopped those things, what I was doing. And right away, others, they have a, have a battle with some of the sins that they did before. Because when we get saved, only our spirit is changed. You know, if you're ugly before your salvation, you're going to be ugly afterwards. 
Okay? If you had a long nose, salvation isn't going to change your nose. Okay? If, if you had some ways of wrong thinking before your salvation, there could be a big possibility that your thinking is wrong even after your salvation. That's why we're supposed to what? Be a living sacrifice. And how are we doing that? In Romans 12, it says, by the renewing of your mind. You see, God first uh, saves us in the spirit. We become a new creature. We are, have a spirit that is now... Um, going to live for eternity we're going to we have a spirit that cannot sin but then once our spirit is saved then we start regenerating our thoughts and we go from our spirit to our thought and then once our thoughts are changed then our life our flesh our body changes and that's the the way spirit soul body not the other way around you know if you start first with your body then, then your soul and your spirit you know what they call people like that that just change from the outside hypocrites they're all show and and there's nothing inside and you, you see, when we're working with, with um, our gypsies, that's why we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that pulls them. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings them closer to God. The Holy Spirit is the one that um, really bore... <laughs> that's gram grammar is German. That... Uh, <laughs> that regenerates their spirit. I can't do that as evangelist. Even though I would love to do it, I can't do it. But the Holy Spirit can. And you know, sometimes God allows something, some things in our lives, even after our salvation, that helps us come to a point where we realize we need God's mercy. We need God to pull us out. And you know what? And if you would read um, 2 Chronicles 12, you'll see that the son of um, Solomon, Rehoboam, he was in a very miserable condition. A bunch of armies were coming to really annihilate Judah. And the prophet comes to him and tells him, hey, um, the, reason why, the reason why this um, army is coming towards you is because you sinned. And you can read it, and it says, and um, uh, Rehoboam and the elders of Israel, they realized it and said, you're right, we did wrong. And it's so interesting to see that w w we look at it, and God says, okay, because the 
Rehoboam and the elders of um, of Israel repented and 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 and, and um, saw their wrongdoing. I'll give them not completely deliverance, but I'll give them a little salvation. I'll allow, allow the king of Egypt to come and conquer Judah, and they'll live under the hand of um, Egypt for a while, but I won't annihilate them because I want to let them know that Israel needs to find out who, what's better, to serve the nations of the world or to serve God. Amen. And read it. Um, read um, 2 Chronicles 12 and you'll see it. God sometimes just saves us out of one area. He doesn't always save us from all areas. And he looks at you and he sees what miserable condition is the most important. And he starts with your spirit, then your soul, and then your body. That's why sometimes Paul, remember Paul, he, he had that um, thorn in the side, in the flesh, and he prayed what? Three times. God, take it away. And what did God say? Let my grace be sufficient. Paul had to live the rest of his life with a thorn in his flesh. Why? So he'll, his mind would stay right. So his mind would say, own God. So he would always realize, okay, okay, oh man, I got the pain. Okay, I got to think about the grace of God. I need to think on God. And that's what God sometimes does. Um, are you in a miserable condition this morning? How's your spirit? If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, then do it today. Today is the day of salvation. If you're saved, how, how's your soul? Have you been thinking right? How's your body? Are you doing the right things? We're not supposed to just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word also. Think, think. You know, if you're in a miserable condition right now, here's your checklist. Check first your spirit. Am I saved? Okay. If I'm saved, okay, how's my fellowship with God? Am I, is that communication line open? Or did I break that communication line because I've sinned? And, and you know better than anybody else if you've committed a sin, okay? Um, God's going to let you know. And then, okay, I've, if that, then make that right. And then, oh, but I'm not, I'm still in a miserable condition. What's your thought process? Who are you looking on? Are you looking at the pandemic, the problems, everything that's going on? Or are you looking on Jesus? We're supposed to look on, onto Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our, our faith. Uh, and we need to look to him. Are you looking to him? How's your thought process? And you know, it might be that in our flesh, we might have to be like Paul and live through a miserable condition. It might be. But you know what? 
when we make sure that our spirit and soul is ticking right, you know, we get to experience that peace that passes all understanding. We can, in the midst of a pandemic, can realize how God's helping. How can I be separated from my wife for almost a month with five, four kids? How can I be separated from my church members in Würzburg? Because I have God in my spirit it, and I allow him to take access of my soul, of my thought process, and he rescues me out of a miserable condition. My wife is still going to be in, in Romania until the 3rd of June. I don't know how long we're going to have to stay online um, in the ministry in Würzburg. I don't know your miserable condition in your body, how long it's going to be, but I know if I allow God to use His mercy, that rich mercy, then I'll get everything I need and I can go on. And you know, if He rescues me today and He gives me all this mercy, guess what? God's rich in mercy. He's not going to run out because he gave me all of it. You know, if he gives me all the mercy I need for today, guess what? Today he has all the mercy you need as well. All the mercy you need. He, it doesn't matter. He's rich in mercy. He can rescue us every day from our miserable condition. But you know what? We need to come to him. Just like we did for salvation, we come to Him, we come to Him and receive the mercy, that mercy that He's rich in. And that's why I want to encourage you, Try, test yourself, evaluate yourself. Why am I feeling so bad today? Is it because of my spirit, my soul? or body in whatever way start with your spirit check that out make sure that's right if that's right go on to your soul and the body God would either take care of it or he'll give you enough grace and mercy to sustain it one day he's going to make our bodies complete Amen. one day we're going to lay off this corruptible and we're going to put on uncorruptible and then we're going to be completely in spirit soul and body and there will be no pain no more sorrow and then we'll be completely but until then make sure your spirit and soul are right amen amen may i pray for you and then i'll turn the service back over to pastor